Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this, the second season of the Next Step Press podcast, where we help you take a next step. This second season is focused on the resource Ponder Anew, a hymn journal of trust and confidence from Next Step Press. And we're excited to be walking through this again with our Facebook community and all the people that are a part of the Next Step community. In this first episode, we get to talk to Valerie Matthias. Valerie is the educational development consultant at Visual Faith Ministry. She's also the lead illustrator for Ponder News. So we're really glad to have her with us today. We'll be focusing most of our conversation on the first hymn in Ponder New, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, which begins on page one of that resource. But before we do, I'll ask Valerie to walk us through some of the introductory material on how to use this book. Then I'll pray and Valerie will read the scripture verses beginning on page five. We'll have a conversation about those verses and what it means in our life and bring in even some of our current world events. Then I'll read the devotion beginning on page six and Valerie and I will each pick one of our favorite hymn verses from this hymn to talk about. We recorded this first episode on a early June day in Michigan. The stay-at-home orders have finally been lifted, but Valerie and I are still going to meet remotely. It's about 88 degrees and sunny, and I can see several boats on the water from my window where I sit today. So as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to change into a swimsuit and go jump in the lake. Wherever you are today and whatever you're doing, thanks for taking time with us here at Next Step Press. Hey, Valerie, welcome back to the Next Step Press podcast. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. Hey, where in the world are you today? I'm in Bay City, Michigan. It's also a beautiful day here, sunny. There is a pool in our neighborhood. We might be going to that pool today, so it's a, it's a great day to be outside. I remember you said something about living on a creek. Do you ever jump in the creek? I have not jumped in the creek. My children have jumped in the creek. Oh, wait. There was a runaway canoe last fall, and I had to get into the creek to get it, but it was October, it was cold, it was not fun. All right. Well, uh, well the Lord preserve you from runaway canoes this fall. <laughs> <And> <laughs> thanks for being with us today. It's, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Uh, before we kind of start with chapter one, I wanted to take a look at the, this. We, we added some information at the beginning of this second hymn journal some of the things we learned from the first hymn journal, and uh, really excited to share some of that. So we've got an introduction to kind of hymn journal theology. You can check that out. That's, that's in the front of the book. And then if you would turn, if everybody would turn with me to, to page, it's Roman numeral seven, which is little V-I-I. There's a section, Valerie, on, on how to use this book. What, what were you thinking as we put this together? Sure. So for some of us, this kind of a hymn journal is, comes pretty intuitively that you just open it up and you just go for it. Jump in, both feet, nothing to lose. For other people, um, it occurred to me, it occurred, occurred to both of us that maybe maybe a little more direction would be helpful or maybe a little guidance or or maybe just, hey, these this is what's happened in the past or these are ideas that some people have used and we want to share that with you. We want to we resource you. We want to help you. We want to support you and encourage you. So that's what this is all about, how to use this book. I, I love how that kind of picks up on this next step value that that everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to share. So as we met with over 660 people in our in our Facebook group for our last hymn journal, we got to see what people were doing. We got to learn from them and now turn around and share that with other people, some of their ideas or some of the things that they had questions with. I really liked how that worked. Uh, so the very first one on page Roman numeral seven that you says is make this book your your own. Why is that important? 
Mm. Yeah. So, well, two reasons. One is it is your book and you get to do whatever you want with it. And the second one is that um, your book will not look like someone else's book mm. and that's okay, right? It's your book, make it your own. So for some people, uh, that very first mark in a book can be pretty intimidating. So I would encourage you to go ahead and just uh, write your name, right? Write, write your name in the book, knowing that it belongs to you and also put the date. This is a, a time capsule stamp of, um, of the summer of 2020 yeah. or whenever it is that you're doing it. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and, and just know that this is your book. Um, you don't ever have to submit it or turn it in for a grade. Um, it's yours. It's, it's your journal. It's, it's, uh, um, it's yours. You know, I remember in middle school, there was like one year when the math books, or I don't remember, maybe it was a reading book. It was the last year they were going to use those books. So there's a long list of people in the front of the, the book that had written their name in it. And now I got to write my name in it. And they said, it's okay if you write in this textbook because we're not going to use it again. That was like the best gift that year was I got to actually write in that book. Hey, tell me more about this permissions page. Number two says create a permissions page. Yeah. So after you've written your name in your book, something that you might want to do is give yourself permission. And there's actually a spot in the hymn journal for you to do that. It would be on Roman numeral page 12, XII. There's a little JJ at the top. And, and Justin, actually, if you want to talk about that JJ in a second, I would love to hear it from your voice, from in your words. But per, a permission page is um, could be a number of things. One, it could just be, hey, I give my per, myself permission to, to create, or I give myself permission every day for 20 minutes to be in this book, um, or I give myself permission to make mistakes or to try or to keep going and keep digging, whatever it is. Sometimes, um, sometimes we just, we just need, I don't, I don't know, just to give ourselves permission or, or feel like you got permission from someone. And that would, that's what this could be. There's a nice blog article that was written about permission pages. And maybe we'll link that into after this conversation uh, to give people ideas of what a permission page could look like and what people have done in the past. Sure. I'd love to share that. So, so you say children rarely need permission to experiment or underline or doodle, but, but adults sometimes do. Is that something you've learned from experience? Oh, absolutely. I, um, before sheltering in place, I had the opportunity to go to many different places and talk to many different groups of people, mostly adult women, about visual faith or connecting scripture and prayer um, with kinesthetic tactile using color, mostly colored pencils. Kids never need permission to color. They just do it. Adults sometimes do. Some adults find coloring to just be frivolous, um, and it's just not true. There's something about coloring that can be very meditative, gives you a focus, gives you a purpose, allows your hands to be busy doing something so that your mind can concentrate. So if you um, put, put all ideas of, of, of art as frivolous away, just like you'd put music as frivolous away. No, mm. art and music... Um, it's a gift from God for us to share and enjoy. Yeah, especially when they connect both the word and the music and the art together. So that's that's numbers three and four there in your list. Dig into the word and then add color. Talk to me a little bit about those. Yeah, so uh, you're, you might get your hands a little bit dirty when you dig into the word, right? So some of us, when we think about sitting down for our quiet time, you might be just reading scripture. Um, hands folded, eyes trying to be focused. When I try that with scripture, I find like I, it's raining outside. I want to get wet from the rain, but I put on my rubber boots and my raincoat and my umbrella and there's no way a drop's going to get on me. Sometimes I feel that way when I read scripture. Mm -hmm. I want scripture to be absorbed inside of me. And so I've got to get dirty. I got to get wet. I got to use whatever metaphor you want. 
Um, and so sometimes by being creative, uh, your sticker, your glue, your paint, your watercolor, whether there's going to be spills, there might be messes. It's okay. Keep digging. Keep getting your hands dirty. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth the work. And I think that the work will be fun. I think you will find it enjoyable. And that kind of gets you to the add color. Uh, yeah, lots and lots of color and whatever kind of color you want. If you like gel pens, do gel pens. If you like markers, Crayola markers, go for it. If you're a watercolorist, have fun. If you want to use something like gelatos or jelly prints or stencils or stickers or whatever it is that just makes you come alive, you go for it. You don't need a ton of supplies to do this. Um, you really just need a pencil, some paper, but sky's the limit, whatever you want. You know, I saw a lot of people in our Facebook group experimenting with different kind of techniques or different uh, medium to see what that would be like. And they'd even sometimes ask a question, oh, I love how that you made that look. What did you use? How did you get that effect? And so that's, that's a neat kind of experimentation option too, is do something different. I know that's what I did in, in my hymn journal the first time. I didn't get to all the pages. There, there are more than I could do it, it, just in Holy Week. So I look forward to walking through that again next year. But I did try to more than once do a different technique from one week to the next. And I found that really, really helpful. And, and as you talked about digging into the word, I, Valerie, that reminds me that there, I think there's sometimes this stigma that we're supposed to passively receive what the word is. So we almost want to sure. sit there like a bump on the log and let the spirit do its work. When, when I think the image I get of following Jesus is this active engagement in passive reception. So there is, an, and there is a tension there, an oxymoron there. I'm not pulling myself up by my own spiritual bootstraps. I'm not doing my half of the bargain. I'm not making God's word relevant. God's word is relevant with or without me. But as I engage and read and meditate, uh, you know, Luther talks about chewing on the word and, and yes. that meditation word is a chewing word. Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talks about that too, that daily engagement. It's not that I think I have power over the word. The word has power in itself and by itself apart from me, but I unlock unlock that power. That's, I love your dig into the word illustration there on page nine, Roman numeral nine. Uh, it reminds me, it, it connects back with the herbs on an earlier page and, and that meditation, that releasing, that crushing of the herbs that releases the aroma and the flavor and the power of, of that herb, that, that cilantro or, or that oregano, um, that basil. That's one of the imagery one of the images that scripture itself uses for our engagement in the word. You don't bring the power of the lemon basil to the plant. Correct. Crush it and handle it. The power that's there releases yes. your yes. environment there. Just like I don't make the tulip bulb on that, you know, on that page. I don't yeah. make that. Yeah. But if I put it in the ground and I water it and I make sure that sunlight gets to it, well, then it will do what it was always meant to do. Yeah, that's Jesus uses that image, that metaphor too, planting the seed and the farmer gets like no credit. He can't magically, right. he can't work hard to make the seed grow. No. And yet there is planting and watering and weeding and he's actively engaged in, in a process in which he is not the primary driver. Uh, active engagement and passive reception. That's kind of a key idea that we're trying to figure out and, and live out together. Hey, you got one more, one more list thing here called fill in the blanks. I know when my dad first got the first hymn journal, we talked about it a little bit. He liked it a lot, but he had a couple of questions. One of them being, what the heck am I supposed to do with these blank pages? I mean, why are they there? So number five is there just for my dad. Tell me a little bit about filling in the blanks. Hey, you have permission to fill in the blanks or leave the blanks blanks. You can do whatever <laughs> you want to do with this book. There is no right or wrong way to do it. So behind the scenes, we purposely left pages blank 
really for the purpose of bleed. We wanted to make sure that if you wanted to get really messy with a, with a medium that was going to bleed through the page, the pages are not super thick. It's not cardstock. They're just normal paper. So we wanted to make sure that bleed could be caught. Now for some of you though, you're so excited to keep pouring in. You can do whatever you want with these blank pages. Um, additional journaling, you can put, um, you know, bulletin inserts in or cards that you got in the mail or whatever is happening in your life during this time. Just keep capturing it, keep gathering it, keep putting it in. You're really creating a time stamp of your time with the Lord during summer of 2020. So at the very end of the first season of, of this podcast, I learned what washi tape was. Mm. Uh, we can link to that episode too. So I now know I actually am the proud owner of some washi tape, but you used a phrase at, there at the top of page 10, the page that says, Jesus walks with me at the bottom. You say, it, bleed pages offer a great space for a tip in or a tip out. And I have to admit, I don't know what a tip in or a tip out. I know a tip your waitress. <laughs> uh, I know a tip up. But, but I don't think this is either a waitress or a, a fishing technique. So tell me sure, more about sure. tip in and tip out. Okay, so a tip in or a tip out is a way to adhere something outside of your normal book into the book. And I think the best way to do it, honestly, would be with a video tutorial. So perhaps a video tutorial will be made to show you what a tip in or a tip out is for this specific hymn journal. That would be a lot of fun for me to create. You will need some washi tape, Justin, so you are in luck. Okay. All right. Well, I got my washing tape ready and I can't wait. Just, I mean, what the heck is it? What is it? Can you describe it just a little bit before we get the whole video? Uh, great idea, by the way. Uh, you know how a bookmark exists? Like if you want to keep your place in a book and you put that little piece of paper inside the spine of your book so it holds your place? Yeah. That would be considered a tip in because it doesn't go outside of the book. So imagine oh. uh, a, like, a, like a card or a bulletin insert stuck inside the spine of the book. Okay. Uh, but you would tape it in such a way so that it becomes like part of the book. Now a tip out is something where you put it along the outside edge of the book. So when the book is closed, it's inside, but you can tip it out. I'll show you, Justin. I'll, okay. It'll be better. Thanks. with a video. Thanks, Valerie. I, no, I, I begin to understand what it is and that, that's, that's really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, hey, your, your last tip here on, on how to use this book, uh, reflect, respond, remember, and share. You already mentioned using things right in your life, things that are dated, things that are specific to this summer of 2020 or whenever, fall of 2020 or whenever you're doing this resource. Tell me more about this number six here, Ref reflect, respond, remember, and share. Yeah, so when I go out and teach um, something called Bible journaling or scripture journaling, I would say read reflect, respond, so that you can remember and reach out. But we chose reflect, res respond, remember, share, and here's how it works. You're gonna reflect on what it is that you're reading, right? The scripture, the devotions, the, um, the hymns, and then you're gonna respond to it, creatively respond, answer back what's going on in your heart. And you do this for two reasons. One, so that you can remember in the moment, stay focused, but also to remember into the future so that when you flip back and look back, you can say, oh, that was my time spent with God. That's what I learned about. That's what I grew. That's, that's what was going on in my life. And then that's the, the catalyst to share. So you might be sharing this years from now. You might pull it off the shelf. Someone might be in your house and you can say, hey, I did this thing. Or maybe, you know, our, our days here are numbered on this earth. 
and someone might pull off your journal from the shelf after you're gone and they will open it and they will see it and they will say, this is how she spent her time. This is how he spent his time. And your, your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren will see that this was valuable to you. Yeah, I think when I take something that I've learned in scripture or seen again or been reminded of, and and it has an impact on me. And then I take the additional step of sharing it with somebody. It's speaking it out loud to someone else brings it back to me in an even deeper way too. So that relational kind of discipleship, uh, it could be your kid, it could be your neighbor, mail it to a friend, email it to a friend. Those are all important kind of building blocks in this following Jesus together. Hey, thanks, Valerie. I really like this opening section. I'm glad we put it in there. I hope that it gives some people who aren't as familiar with this kind of visual faith ministry as a whole, some tools that they can use to engage this book. Thanks for putting that together. Hey, let's go ahead and turn now to page one. Oh, you talked about the JJ. We'll, we'll link to that as well. JJ is, it comes from a Latin phrase. You, you might know SDG, which is soli deo gloria in Latin, to God alone be the glory. It's what J.S. Bach would write in the bottom of his music compositions. But on many of his compositions, he also started with those letters JJ at the top. And they stand in Latin for Jesu Juva, which means Jesus help. Uh, there's a story behind that too, because in our last hymn journal, I, there was a Latin typo and I wrote Jesu Jura, which should mean something like Jesus judge me instead of Jesus help me. Uh, not quite what I meant to put, but also a <laughs> prayer of faith if you understand it the right way. So we're going to say, Jesus help me as we start our first chapter one of this Ponder a New Hymn journal. We're going to go to page five in that scripture verse, but as we read the scripture, let's take time out to, to invite the Holy Spirit to, to be with us as well. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and open our hearts and minds. You, you chose John, a friend, a disciple of Jesus, to, to write these words, and they've come down to us across the ages. Will you please now also inspire our hearts and minds that as we read these words, as we actively engage in this powerful word, that we would also passively receive exactly what you would give us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us according to your word of promise. Make Jesus present to us also by faith. Amen. Amen. So the reading on page five comes from John 15, nine through 17. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Thanks, Valerie. Uh, Reading through that John 15 upper room text, is there anything that jumped out at you this time around? Uh, It's good. It's good, especially because of what's happening currently in in America. Mm. It's funny. We thought COVID was terrible. Mm. And I think that that was, it was a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and sickness. And now what's happening is a lot of um, anger and hurt and loud, loud, right? And so it's a, hmm. Love each other as I have loved you. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I think we lose sight of joy sometimes. Hmm. The, the world is a hurting place. It has always been a hurting place. It just seems like a loud hurting recently. 
And so when I read this text for me right now, I, and it's just love, just love, just love and be loved. What are your thoughts, Justin? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. That's, I think it's a really challenging text for us in, in this context of racial tension that has flared up again, you know, and it feels like again and again and again. And I think this command, love each other, comes on the heels of, of Jesus saying things in the upper room like, you're going to do the works I've been doing. You're going to do even greater works than these. And those become really challenging commands for us. I mean, I, I look at the world and I think of everything that's going on. And I, I mean, I had, I, I went to a public high school in, in Flint, Michigan uh, when I was in high school. And, and I had a very mixed group of friends. And I wasn't really even aware that race tensions were, still existed. I thought that was a history you know, thing. Mm. But, you know, you see... You see how far we haven't come, and it breaks my heart, and it feels really overwhelming. And then you see a command like love each other, or um, my command is this, love as I've loved you. Or you hear Jesus say, you're going to do even greater things than these. And it can be really overwhelming. And I think for me in this upper room, part of the key is to understand that this is then where, and, and I would say why, Jesus promises his spirit. It's in this context when Jesus says, you're going to do the works I've been doing, that Jesus says, I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you a comforter, and the Holy Spirit will, will make me present to you, and the Holy Spirit will be active. And we get to see this Jesus who's been filled with the Holy Spirit for his whole ministry. He receives the Spirit as the Messiah, the anointed one. He receives the Holy Spirit. He bears the Spirit. He does his ministry in the power of the Spirit. Then on Pentecost, he pours out that Spirit. So I think as far as of Jesus, we are supposed to be like Jesus, but not Jesus as some kind of like ideal way out there somewhere that we have to work hard. Again, it's that spiritual bootstrapping. You know, keep, keep working hard, Valerie, and you can love your enemies. You, you can love as Jesus loved if you just work a little bit harder. If we make Jesus an ideal out there, I, I just kind of give up on it because I can never achieve that perfect kind of godness that Jesus has. But Jesus is also a human being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that sense, Jesus says he's, he's not far off, way out there somewhere. He's close to us. He's with us. And the same Holy Spirit that Jesus bore and carried, the same power, the same authority of the Father that Jesus lived under, invites us to live under too. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it snap your fingers. But now this, this command to love each other, where do you get power in, in a confused and broken and loudly hurting world? I think the only way we can ever love the way Jesus loved is in the power of the spirit that Jesus also carried and pours out on us. So absolutely um, didn't know we we're going to talk about that today, but this is challenging stuff and it applies to the, what we're going through right now. Well, especially if we're going to talk about this being a time capsule of our time, so, you know, our, our moment this week, this summer, this, we, we don't live in bubbles, right? Mm -hmm. As Christian, we have um, a foot on this earth, right? We are in this world. Yeah. And so to be aware of what's going on around us and pray and praying, always praying. Uh, my best friend when I was in high school, his name was uh, Benjamin J.K. Jr., Ben Kane, and he was a good, good friend of mine. So as I read this devotion on page six, uh, I've, I wrote it about someone else, but I also remember Ben, Ben when I read this. So here's the devotion on page six. Ponder anew. I love spending time with my best friend. Sometimes we just hang out, play a game, share some stories, have a beer. Sometimes the conversation is more serious. What I'm struggling with, what made me confused, what broke my heart. I can entrust my friend with who I really am, how I really feel, and what I really think, even if I'm not sure what that is. 
even if I don't like what that is. I've learned over time that I can trust my friend to listen, to encourage, to laugh, to console, to forgive, to share my life, my dreams, my sorrow, my hopes, my failures, my shame, my hurt. Me, all of me, the unfiltered me. If you try to make Jesus your buddy or God your BFF, of course you'll miss some of the most important things about God's transcendence and power and perfection and regal power. At the same time, God actually called Abraham friend. Jesus actually called his disciples friends. Your relationship with the Almighty God, King of the universe, majestic in power and glory from eternity to eternity, is so much more than the relationship you have even with your closest friend. But your relationship with God is never less than that. Jesus is not just Lord and King. Jesus is your friend, your closest friend, your most trusted friend. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. As with his love, he befriends you. Fantastic. What a fantastic devotion. Thank you for writing that. Mm. So as we use friendship as this, this lens through which to see our relationship with God and Jesus Christ, I, I love the art that you've done on the bottom of page six here in that kind of corner shape. T- tell me more about what you were thinking when you put that art together. Well, I knew I wanted to grab as with his love, he befriends you. And I thought about how when you have a relationship with a friend, especially, I think, especially high school, college, you just take a lot of pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a lot of pictures of your friend and they, and they hang on your wall and you decorate your dorm with these friendships. You bring your high school friendships to college with you just in their pictures. And then later those pictures change from friendships, maybe just a family. But um, there's a time, I think, in almost everyone's life where you just have a lot of photos of friends and, and good times. And so I thought, you know, if, if I had a, a wall and I wanted to put picture frames of what images, not necessarily of people, but of things would help me remember these friendships. Mm. And so it's a house and it's, you know, it's the creek and it's nature and it's the church and you know, it's, it's, it's playful things like goldfish and gold bowls, or I got to go morelling um, for the first time, mushroom picking. So these are just like snippets of friendships and, and yeah. memories and hanging on a wall thinking, you know, if, if you, if you had photos of your relationship with your friends, what would that look like? And so that's kind of what's being played on here. What a wonderful thought to take this hymn journal and and what you pray in this hymn journal and what you draw and and color to and explore and experiment with in this hymn journal and and treat that as if it were a collection of paintings of your friendship with God in Jesus. Uh, Time you spent together, things that that deepened your relationship, that gave you joy. Your relationship with him and and yes, yes, how he has loved you from the beginning and, and what you have learned and grown and how your life has changed and it's just photos are snapshots of time. It's really cool. So page three, to back up a little bit, page three is a, is a, this cover art for the hymn. And you chose to, to do praise to the Lord, the Almighty. I love that you did praise in flowers and the boy, the, the mountain and the fish. Tell me more about this art and what you were thinking. 
Yeah. So the full verse there is, uh, you know, praise to the Lord, the almighty, the King of creation. So mm. I knew I wanted to get the creation in there without writing the actual words creation. So that's really where this comes from. And so it's, it, it's the title verse, praise to the Lord, the almighty, but the King of creation is just, um, subtly or maybe not so subtly, <laughs> you know, um, influenced in the photo. And I knew I wanted almighty. I wanted those to be mountains. Mm. Um, and I like the idea of having kind of this underwater sea thing going on underneath water. You will, you might see throughout the hymn journal, just um, snippets of water. Even if you didn't think you were looking for it, there, there are themes in here that I watched the artists do that we didn't talk to one another about, but you kind of see it. Um, and it's just really neat trust and confidence. And, and then the flowers of course are, it was either going to be flowers or clouds and flowers made more sense to me. And so it's, it's an intricate way of thinking that even, even nature proclaims his name. Every flower praises who he is. It's just a cool thing to think about. I am just delighted by the fact that you dotted the black-eyed Susans with a B. The, you <laughs> dotted your I. That was, that's, that's very – yeah. I, I love this. And I liked what you said about different artists. So there are flowers in several of these. There's mountains or rocks in a bunch of them. There's water. There's some other themes related to sleeping and rest. And, and I think the theme of trust and confidence comes out throughout all of, all, all of these hymns together. So, hey, Valerie, is, is there a particular hymn verse from this hymn that you particularly like, that one of your favorites? Yes. Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. The verse that strikes me the most is actually verse four. Praise the Lord who will prosper your work and defend you. Surely his goodness and mercy shall daily attend you. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do. As with his love, he befriends you. And that's the verse. It pulls out the, um, as with his love, he befriends you, or we saw in the devotional, the ponder anew, the title of the whole, you know, the hymn journal. And then of course that praise to the Lord. I also like the idea that um, he'll he'll prosper your work. If if you are working for him, for his kingdom, nothing you do for him is ever in vain. If he's your rock and the Holy Spirit's working on in you, just, just do it to the glory of your heavenly father. Give him your two fishes in your five loaves and just watch, just watch what he'll do. His surely his goodness and mercy shall daily attend you. It's daily. Every day his mercies are new for you. It just points me back to scripture. It's just preaching scripture to me, right? Like all the Bible verses come to my mind. This is the truth. This is the truth. The other thing, Justin, that I have to share, because I told this to you early on when you, when you said, this is, this is the title of the book. Um, This song Praise the Lord, the Almighty. Had a very short career playing organ. Very, very short. <laughs> Minuscule. And one of the things I was supposed to do is play the, the prelude, the postlude, the offertory, the communion, whatever. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> I think about that now and I blush because it wasn't very good. And my grandma kept telling me to practice, but I wasn't one to practice. I was one to just go for it. But this was the postlude, praise the Lord, the Almighty. And um, my fingers and my feet were doing the best that they could in front of, you know, hundreds of people. Gosh, what a memory. What a memory. Wow. But anyway, this, this, uh, this hymn has special, special place in my heart. That's awesome. And the, the ponder anew to me just fits so well with what the whole hymn journal is about. It gives you a new way of thinking about and meditating on something maybe even new before, but it gives you a new way of looking at it and experimenting with it. So that's one reason why I wanted to use that as the lyric. Also, because for me, it totally, once you get it in your head, you can't stop 
Thunder anew, what the Almighty can do. You just, you kind of got to sing it, and and I love I hear it too. you. And for yeah. me, it's that it's the organ and the pedal. Yeah, yeah, that's high. awesome. That's cool. <laughs> Again, you got it. You've got it in your memory, but you've got it oh. also in your hands and in your feet. So that tactile and musical—that's that's wonderful. Verse three is one of my favorites too. Praise to the Lord who has fearfully, wondrously made you. Health has bestowed, and when heedlessly falling, has stayed you. What need or grief ever has failed of relief? Wings of his mercy did mm-hmm. shade you. I, I love that imagery too. It actually sneaks up uh, in, later in the book in a, in a triptych by Pat Meyer. We'll yes. talk about that with her when she shows up. But that wings of his mercy actually shows up in a later, later hymn image as well. Well, hey, Valerie, this has been such a delight sitting here and talking with you as, as we have sat with this hymn and, and with the introduction of this hymn journal. Is there any takeaway that you have that feels like, you know, Jesus is inviting you to take a small step forward? Yeah, and it really has to do with the ponder anew. Jesus, God, the Trinity is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And yet I get to keep seeing them with fresh eyes because every day is so new for me. So let allow me to never be... Never be bored or find it all mundane. Let me forever delight and ponder and just be just be so excited to know more of who my heavenly father is. And, and when I think about circling back what's happening currently in our culture, just like pandemics have not been new to the world, riots are not new to the world and anger is not new to the world and hatred and none of that is new. And this doesn't shock our heavenly father. This doesn't scare him. This is not out of his mm-hmm. control. And so I, I ponder anew what, what the world will be and, um, and just who I am and who he is and I, just all the good stuff. Just let me forever be thinking of him. Thanks. I really appreciate that. I think for me, if I've got a small next step, I think it's simply going to be to send a message, maybe a Facebook message to my f- friend Ben Kane from high school. Uh, I think in a yeah. time like this, reestablishing and and just affirming those important relationships, especially across racial divides is important. And as I do that, I'll be painfully aware that it's the Holy Spirit uh, dwelling in me by the power of Jesus and his death and resurrection that because he poured that out, I can take a risk and reach out to a friend I haven't talked to in many years, but just to say hi, and I'm thinking about you and and I love you. So. Absolutely. uh, Thanks. Thanks for the conversation today. That was Valerie Matthias from Visual Faith Ministry. She is the lead illustrator for Pandra Anew, a hymn journal of trust and confidence. This first episode of season two of the Next Step podcast was made possible by the generous support of patrons. Next Step patrons are people who have committed a regular amount every month to make sure the mission of resourcing your next step can continue. Hey, Valerie, you and Dennis are actually Next Step patrons, aren't you? Yes, we are. Tell me more about that. Well, I find Next Step Press to be very valuable to me as a person um, and then also uh, uniquely kind of professionally. I I really like what Next Step Press is able to do for the kingdom and for the people of God. And you, Justin, have given Visual Faith Ministry a unique opportunity to get um, published books to make something and get them in the hands of people in a unique way. And I want to see that continue. That's, That's important to me. And I know that um, in order for these things to continue, we've got to have some financial support. So I thought, well, 
if I believe in it, if I enjoy it, if I like it, if I want to see more of it, then a way to to make sure that that happens is to support it. And it's a joy. It's a joy and a privilege and an honor. So thanks for the invitation. Thank you, Valerie. It's a, quite a vote of confidence. And I love having you a part of the team in so many different ways, but also as a Next Step patron. We say patrons make it possible. And it's absolutely true. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you for that. And anyone who is a patron, I think it's before the end of July, will get a special shout out thank you on this season of this Next Step podcast. So shout out number one goes to Valerie and Dennis. Thank you, Next Step patrons. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your support, for your love. And thank you for joining us today on the Next Step Press podcast. We love that you were a part of the conversation. God bless you as you keep to looking for a small next step to take as you follow him, as you engage actively in this passively receiving what the Spirit is up to in your life. And remember that word, that nothing in your life or in your world today scares your Heavenly Father or confuses him or is a surprise to him. And Jesus is with you by the power of his Spirit. He wants to be your friend. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to share your life with him. On that note, we'll say thanks and we'll see you next time at Next Step Press.